Hey gang, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Moded Studios, embroidered patches and apparel. Go to ModedStudios.com to find all the latest and greatest in patches and apparel. One of my favorite new ones that are up on the site uh, is It Could Be Worse Smiley Face Embroidered Patch. Funny, cute, and it reflects the times. Um, <laughs> like this one. It's the Thrasher's... Uh, uh, Thrasher, the skateboarding company, it's their logo, but it says herpes and uh, wrap it up parody embroidered beanie. So there's not only patches, but there's beanies and there's uh, t-shirts and all that jazz. They're constantly updating their website and they do custom work. Go to modestudios.com, M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. Get over there and be somebody. Now on with the show.
And that is the latest single from Random Mystique called Chloroform. That is a collaboration between her and The Concrete Project. Now, if you didn't know, Random Mystique is releasing a song a month. Raina is my wife, and so we collaborate together. And for the year of 2020, we're releasing a song a month. Even with a global pandemic going on, we're going to be creative as shit. <laughs> uh, so that was this month's release. For the month of March, that was Chloroform. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Rainamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go and check out the latest from her. And uh, I would say go click on the experience tab to go and experience me and my lovely wife uh, playing out live as an acoustic duo. But we lost our jobs due to the global pandemic. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you guys are holding up. Um, today's guest is Mr. Blaine Dillinger from Hyrie. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm not going to do it. Uh, you know what? I was going to do that the whole time. I, every time I said Blaine, I was going to go Blaine Dillinger because it's such a rock star name that not saying it like that, I feel like doesn't serve uh, th- serve it to the greatest purpose that that name holds. <laughs> Blaine Dillinger of Hyrie. That hurts my throat. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry everybody, it's like 7 in the morning, I'm in the laundry room because I'm trying not to yell and wake up my family, so uh, (laughs) I'm a little too jazzed for 7 in the morning in the laundry room, but Blaine is on the show today, he's a fantastic guitar player and a composer, and we're going to get to him really quickly. Uh, he also plays with Hyrie. You guys might have heard of them. They're an amazing band out of San Diego. They, they're roots rock, reggae, pop. Uh, their latest album, Dreamer, is pretty awesome. You should go check that out. Uh, I, I, we'll get to them in a second here. I'm going to speed through the next part so we can get to Blaine because I already know that this intro has drug on way too long. So uh, you already know about RainMystique.com, but did you know you could write the show at We Speak English Good? At gmail.com. Did you know that? Let us know what you're thinking and how we're doing. You can follow us on the interwebs at uh, Instagram at We Speak English Good and on Facebook by the same moniker. Uh, in fact, I have my little routine here. What is it? Like, subscribe, review. So like us on Facebook. Like us on uh, on Spotify. Like us anywhere. Follow us. Subscribe on youtube we're on youtube we have tutorials up there all the tutorials that are on instagram are now on youtube and you can go through there and just scrub through and not have to wait for youtube to re-loop the the video so like subscribe uh on on itunes spotify anywhere you're at and then review if you guys could be so kind to review the podcast it helps us if you get anything from this podcast i don't ask any money from you guys except to go support modedstudios.com and by the way yes we are actively looking for new advertisers so expect more fucking ads <laughs> uh, yeah if you didn't like our ads now wait until there's more ads <laughs> uh, okay you know I realize when I listen back to my show that I laugh way too much at my own jokes and it's it annoys me so uh, if it annoys you let me know at we speak English good at gmail.com. Wow. Holy shit. Things are just. You, I've been in the house for a couple weeks now. Uh, quarantine hasn't. I mean, like, I've been saying it to all these musicians I've been talking to. 
quarantine isn't nothing new for us, for musicians. We quarantine ourselves all the fucking time so we could try to get work done or shed something out. Okay, listen, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, maybe I'll say a few words on the other side, but let's just get to fucking Blaine, man. Uh, Blaine Dillinger of Hyrie, Blaine Dillinger of, of actually, of Finley, Ohio. He's an Ohio-grown boy, and uh, he actually, we talk about acoustic hookah, so any of you guys that, uh, any fans that I've gained, or listeners, I should say, uh, that I gained over the acoustic hookah um, series that I did, you're gonna like this. We talk about hookah. Uh, Blaine had a, you know, Blaine used to go to hookahville and uh, do that. So, uh, anyways, let's get over it. Blaine Dillinger. How you doing? I'm oh. doing great, man. Hell yeah. Love it, man. They, thanks for the... Po- I love... Thank you for this image, actually, just because I'm in I'm in Toledo right now, and it's just like, it's nice, you know, it's it's starting to get springy, you know, but it's still like gray and kind of shitty, so it's like, it's nice to see a bit of sunshine on my end. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I love that you kept the 419, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a. I've had that number since I was eighteen, I think, or seventeen, maybe. You, you, it was that, that was your first like cell phone number. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm. I think I had like one other number before, but then I like lost my phone or something like that, and ended up getting a new one on a different plan. But yeah, <laughs> I pretty much had that number my entire life. That's dope, man. Yeah, I, I've had the. I've, well, as soon as I moved out of the four one nine and got into the six one nine, I was like, "Fuck that six one nine." Here I am, <laughs> and and you know what? I did the opposite. I kept the six one nine. I was like, "Fuck that!" And I'm keeping a piece of Cali with me. Hell yeah! <laughs> now, how you been, man? I've been good. I've been super busy, but I've been yeah. really good. Man. Yeah, that's that's awesome, though. That's great that you're busy. I mean, how bummed would you be if you were like just sitting around all bored? This is like- I mean, that is that is the worst thing for a musician to be is bored. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good point because if you're bored, that means you ain't got shit going on. And, yeah, exactly. And, and, the, and, and that rents due, whether you got shit going on or not. So <laughs> that is true, man. Either way, either way. No, man. I just, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a while. Uh, I, the last time you were on the show, uh, which which the first time was at One Love uh, One Love Reggae Fest, the first one. And that was when oh, we, yeah. we did like a little gorilla thing backstage and, you know, why the drums were pounding on behind us. But Yeah, under the tent, yeah. on the little weird circular couch thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, so it's been a while. So I do, again, I appreciate you coming back on and uh, chatting it up a bit. I was just, uh, I was just talking to my wife like, fuck, dude, I don't know how that dude handles constantly having to deal with so much anxiety just well for me i'm of course now i'm projecting myself onto you because how i view things i was like i don't know how that dude handles all this anxiety because like 
the shit that I'm doing right now is causing so much anxiety in me just because of um, things are getting bigger. You know what I mean? Things are growing, and sometimes you can be afraid of that. And um, so it's uh, I, so so I was like, well, I should just ask him. Like, do you do you feel like you like? Because you guys are obviously growing. You guys are moving into newer markets all the time. And uh, I mean, how do you handle that kind of growth pressure? That pressure of growth, and and uh, I don't know. I mean, do you even think about it? Do you do you even have anxiety about it? I mean, where where are you at? Um, that's that's a great question, man. Honestly, that is probably the greatest intro question to an oh. interview I've ever been asked. Well, I but. just was talking to my wife. I'm sorry. Like, I just got because I was talking to her because like. Like I was just, I was just telling her, I was like, dude, I've been just so anxious lately. Cause it's like, if it's not like me trying to do improv or doing whatever the various shit that I'm involved with, it's just like, it's constantly, I have this feeling of anxiety and I'm an anxious person. And I'm like, I'm just wondering, it's like, why do so many uh, people who have like anxious feelings or who are very anxious feel like they have to get on stage or, or, or get all this attention. Like, like they feel like they need all this attention, even though they're anxious as fuck and maybe sometimes just want to hide in a hole. But yet, you know, they'll go on stage and play for thousands of people. <laughs> it's like, why, why punish ourselves? But back to the original question, how do you handle it? Or do you, I mean, is it even a problem for you? Um, no, it's, it's a problem. Honestly, <laughs> I am, I am insanely anxious. I'm in, insanely like overwhelmed all the time. I, uh, I'm a very, very introverted person by nature. And it's, it's kind of like uh, in the, the Avengers at the end when they're like, oh, what's your secret? And they're talking to like Bruce Banner about turning into the Hulk. And he's like, oh, I'm always angry. It's like, I'm always anxious. I'm always, I'm always feeling that way. And it, in myself, it kind of, it's super weird because like the, the performance, I'll get on stage and I'll play, I think our largest audience was something like, 36,000 people or something like that. Right. That gives me anxiety just sitting here thinking of that. Such a blessing. Um, <laughs> but, like, I can do that with no issues. But get me in a group of, like, six people and then try to carry on a conversation, I get so anxious. And I'm so anxious meeting people and talking to people. Um, I'm not very good with that with approaching people, bothering people. And generally, unless they're like a personal hero of mine, the celebrity status doesn't matter as much to me. It's just the act of like trying to figure out how to connect with another human being is super weird for me. Um, on, on a level of, you know, that I, I always feel like I'm going to come across as an idiot or as like, or as something else that doesn't properly rep represent me as a person. Obviously you can never represent you as a person in like the, the minute or two that you spend with most people. But, um, yeah, that's the problem with that, first impressions is that you only get one, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that really bothers me. Um, so, so myself, I've kind of made it, 
a thing to be super awkward, like kind of made it my thing, like on my social media presence and things like that. Like I've kind of put myself out in such a way so that people hopefully expect me to be a little awkward and weird. <laughs> so, um, so when they meet you, they're not disappointed. It's like, look, exactly. right here I am. Okay, this is me. So honestly, I think this this interaction might be too much because I got the sunglasses on and I got the nice setting behind me, and I might look cool, <laughs> which might ruin the whole thing because people will see me and be like, "That dude's cool," and then I'll be super awkward and they'll be like, "Well, that was weird." Um, <laughs> no, it, it, no, I absolutely no, and, and you, that's what I would say is like, you run into this all the time is like, you have, you know, artists that I talk to a lot of artists, um, just, you know, um, but, uh, a lot of them, a lot of artists are just like full of anxiety and like, they're full of dread and like everything, every like text message that they send out, especially pertaining to their career, is like some kind of awful mess where their palms are sweat, but it's like yet we put ourselves in this punishment, and like I, I just I don't know why. Like, why do we do that to ourselves? Why Why do you feel like you have to do that to yourself? I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess well, and and here's the other thing: you just got done to say it is that you're very comfortable in front of thirty six thousand people, but once it's you know it, it, it's so like. But but the build up to that, I'm sure, kind of induces the build up to the... so so tough. The uh, yeah. the the preparation, um, the travel, right. the the other personalities of trying to craft something together with the the idea of having no idea what's going on half the time because. <laughs> You don't necessarily know when you're going to shower, when you're going to eat, when you're going to have time to relax and enjoy when, you know what I mean? You yes. have all these things. When's load in, when's sound check, when's, when's all this stuff happening. And it's super, it can be super intense. I, I just, honestly, I got super anxious this morning. This is great. Um, <laughs> Me too. You asked, um, because I, I, I opened up my schedule and <laughs> I just started looking cause I've, I, our schedule has been pretty, pretty lax, um, these past couple months mm -hmm. and the way the schedule was looking, it was just going to be a whole bunch of festivals. Mm. And then I opened up my schedule this morning and I found like three tours that are going to be happening this year that are insanely um, taxing. Let's, let's use that word. Uh, not taxing is in like, Oh, tours. I, I mean, I love touring and I, that's what I, you know, enjoy, but just the, the, the routing of the thing and like how many hours we're going to be stuck literally on the road from, location to location and how many shows are getting packed into a week. Like I think we've had, uh, on this, when I was looking like some of the weeks were like six, seven, eight days in a row. Uh, and with insanely long drives between the cities and things like that, like really make me anxious as to like, um, basically I internalize everything. So like, am I going to be able to perform 
at the best of my ability. Uh, one of the things that really bothers me, um, that may not bother a lot of other people is I want to give every person my best every time, which is, you know, theoretically impossible, but that's what I strive for. Like, I don't want to give like, I don't know, Boise, the most incredible show of my life and then get to Oklahoma and just give them a, a shit show because I was too high here but then like, and then I didn't take care of myself or the drive was too long or I made a bad decision or whatever, you know what I mean? And then give these people less than what they deserve for, for buying a ticket there. Like they're the reason that I do what I do because they connect with the art that I'm making and, and that the rest of the people are making along with me. And if I, I always feel an obligation to those people, every, every person who enjoys what I do to give them my, my best. Um, and that, and when, when I get it in my head, like, Oh man, this is going to be hard. And then it just kind of like fills me with anxiety. So it's like this balance because if I get too anxious, then like I'm doing the same thing. Like I, I may not be able to perform my best because I'm too anxious. So it's like this weird spiral of anxiety that's always circling and so there's like, I'm, I'm always on a, a mission to kind of combat that. Like, whether it be like, I enjoy a lot of CBD products because they help even me out when I get overly anxious. I, uh, I try to work out consistently. That seems to, to help with the anxiety. Um, I try to try to get enough sleep and try, you know, try not to, to indulge too much in various things because I don't want to, I don't want to go overboard and not be able to, to be my best or I don't want to be anxious the next day because I felt like I didn't get enough sleep or I felt like I, I'm, I'm hurting the next day. There's a bunch of stuff that I'm always trying to do, but that anxiety is just always creeping up in, in some form or another. And it's, it's rough, but in the end, it's, I think it's worth it, like totally worth it to be able to like do what I do and share what I do and, and people have a connection to that, whether it be me directly or me as a part of the bigger unit uh, when I'm touring. Obviously, it's always with Hyrie, um, but like I want, I want them to be able to have that experience and that connection to myself and the band and, and, and her at large, you know. It's fucking exhausting to manage this because I'm listening to your list of stuff to do and it makes me, I, I'm like, I'm relating exactly to you. Like, I'm like, it's like, it, you're constantly juggling all these things that are in play so you can perform at your best, right? Like, it's all in service of the music and in well you just trying to live as a human being you know like generally <laughs> but but you're in service of your work a lot of the time and so trying to keep everything balanced is it's fucking exhausting man because it's like like you said you're working out you're like you're not trying to indulge you're getting you're trying to get sleep which trying to get sleep on tour can be very challenging uh it, it's fucking so it's like uh, all those things factor into this overall wellness this self 
you know, self-aware wellness that you're constantly maintaining and, and it's exhausting. And then, and then throw on top of these, these performances because you don't just stand there and play your guitar. You are fucking <laughs> no. in it. So like, you know, but you know, you have to be active on stage and <clears throat> yeah, it, it's crazy. So what are some of the, what are some of the things that you specifically do to sort of balance out? Like when you're on the road, how do you, what are some of the things you specifically do to sort of balance so you're not going too high on, uh, you know, in Boise, and then once you get to Oklahoma City, you're gassed out? Yeah, um, the biggest kind of kind of three things for me are sleep and uh, diet and exercise. Those are kind of the, the big three for me. Um I'm lucky that like a lot of the people in our crew are big into to exercise and a lot of them have uh, pretty good um, pretty good manage of of management of time. So um, most most cities we're we're fortunate enough to be like traveling around in an actual bus with a driver now. Mm-hmm. It was much harder when you're in a van and you're all switching <laughs> off, right? Right, right. Um, so, I my morning generally consists of getting with the the driver and the tour manager and finding out what the hotel situation is and what the gym situation in the hotel is, and then we have a pretty big crew uh, that rolls four five six deep sometimes and we all go and hit the gym in the morning before sound <laughs> hell yeah um, and then the ones who don't do that because they have a different sleep schedule um they're generally pretty good about getting in the gym after sound check mm. so uh everyone is pretty focused on their on their health in the road on the road and that's kind of like one of the very cool things of of touring with the people that I tour with is because they all have a similar mindset and it's very easy if you're touring with people who are just all about the party or all about the skin of their teeth lifestyle to get sucked right into that. I've toured with groups like that and a lot of them end up imploding. Whereas this group of people is, is, is really focused on, on bettering themselves and bettering their craft. So getting, getting that sleep at night, getting, hitting the gym and then just shedding on my instrument, um, as much as possible. Um, I bought a little mobile recording rig so I could plug into my phone with my headphones and one of my guitars and just sit on the bus or anywhere really. And just practice without bothering anybody and without being bothered by anybody and just being able to, shed all the things I need to shed. That's the other thing I didn't mention. I, I try to practice as much as possible because I want to feel as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't like having to think about stuff. And that I'm just adds to your overall anxiety anyway. Exactly. I want to be able to just go on stage and, and play. So the more I practice and the more I prep, the more I can do that and get in that headspace because I've already, I've already ran everything that I'm uncomfortable with to the point where it's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's great advice for anybody. Like for for uh, just it just in general as a musician, like showing up knowing your shit is gonna alleviate like 
so much of that pre-show jitter because so, I mean I know that sometimes pre-show jitters is just that's how it is, but if you know your shit and you know it like backwards and forwards and upside down, then you're gonna just you know that you're gonna be able to go and play the shit. It's just you know you gotta get past that other bullshit before you can get there. But you'll be your confidence comes in that you know what you're doing and that's like you know that's some like the thing that i that i know has been noticing as well is like the the difference between um uh confidence incompetence and just like just confidence just uh just no real base or reason for it because some people walk around with this confident you know walk around but they have no real reason to be confident. They what have they accomplished? You know, like maybe they're just these entitled people who had it easy their whole life. You know, I'm not trying to shit on anybody right now, but what I'm saying is that when it comes to um, confidence, can be faked, but competence is something that you can't. And confident people who aren't competent as well fall apart really easily once pressure is put on you. But if you're competent and you know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, you're going to be able to handle that, that whatever's coming at you um, with, with some grace, at least, hopefully. Uh, I know there's more factors in, in, involved with that. But anyways, uh, I, uh, you guys have been doing these. Uh, well, I've been listening to your guys' music, to Hyrie's music, I should say, the band. And uh, I've been, I noticed that from Wandering Soul to Dreamer, um, you know, there was this big leap and, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, it, it almost feels a little bit crossover type of album. I don't know, like when you guys are going into albums, how focused, uh, like, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. When you were going in to record from, uh, for Dreamer, was there a conscious decision to start, uh, writing more, uh, more, I, I say crossover. I don't mean, I'm not trying to shit on you guys at all. I'm just saying like, there's some non-reggae Sound oh no, no, no. That's, I don't, I don't, I don't view that as a as. Um... Well, I, I just wasn't trying to pull away from what you guys do. Uh, I, I just say that I, this is what I noticed is that you guys sort of are starting to go in a, a more of a poppier direction with Dreamer. Um, uh, how much of that was a conscious thing, or how much of that was just like these are the songs we wrote? This is just what we came up with, and we really liked it. Heck yeah! I mean. That I think has the most to do with it. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that you know, as people move through life, they have they get different influences. They listen to different stuff. They they want to try new things. And I, I don't want to put put words in in anyone else's mouth, but our our, our singer Trish Hyrie, um, she does almost all of all of the writing oh, wow. of as far as the song. So now we'll come up with stuff together from time to time, or somebody will write uh, music and then she'll write to that. Um, she, she does a lot of collaboration writing with, with Chris, the sax player. Um, he's freaking amazing as well. And so by the, the time the songs get to me, for instance, there, a lot of them are fleshed out. They have direction, they have ideas, they have things recorded on them already. So kind of my, my thing is to kind of listen to something where it stands and see how I can, I can make it better, make it more complete. You know what I mean? And, and make it as 
what's as original as possible while also trying to make the song as, as good as possible. So when I'm on when I'm on those tracks, I'm 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 trying to play what makes the song better as the song rather than just playing stuff because of a it's it's complicated and crazy and look what I can do and B uh, I, I know I'm going one two I'm saying A B <laughs> that's okay that's they can't awkward, see awkward you right there the people listening right. can't see you that's all good perfect um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> um, and, and B like trying to not trying to be so steeped in tradition that obviously respecting tradition and playing appropriate things when they make the song better, but not being afraid to play out of that tradition. If something else will help elevate a section of a song or, or push something out. And so that's kind of my, my role in the creative process is a lot of like, what can I add to make something that uh, she has written? That's already awesome better mm-hmm. and yeah so it's as far as the direction of the songwriting and and influences it's those the songs and lyrics are, are very very special and and within her and that's what i really like about it especially as the albums progress she's getting more and more in touch with what makes her her as a human and yeah. the songs are are more universal to the struggles of her peers because they're they're universal to the struggle of herself yeah no definitely i i definitely knows that she's getting more vulnerable and you know like i noticed like maybe it was a couple months ago i don't know time just blurs but i noticed that she wrote like this big long i think it was an instagram post about her own i think she was talking about her bipolar or or she has some kind of she has her own sort of um uh, mental disorders and uh you know i i thought that was so brave I, and i i don't know why i i am weird about saying the word brave but it just it, it was weird to say that but i find it kind of brave because it's like you, like how you're saying it's like you, you when you go to a hiree show you see blaine with his mohawk out jumping around you see trish jumping around sweating everybody's having this great time and you just think they're the coolest people and like they're just hanging it all together but like it's great that she humanizes herself so people aren't sitting there and and thinking that you know look at this girl she's got it all together and you know she's just trying to figure shit out too and i and i thought that was a really great thing for her to do uh, for the fans and and you know even for herself just just to let that out you know yeah i mean i think it's beautiful it's, it's great and, and and thank you for even sharing your your story because this is not easy i know it's not easy to sit here and let's talk about how anxious i am all the time <laughs> but i do think it's healing you know what i mean it, it is healing to talk about it oh you know? it totally is and that's that's kind of the beauty of of a hiree show um a live show especially is that like it's it's almost a celebration of your uniqueness and a celebration of your insecurities. Yeah. Um, because so many people like are a either trying to escape them or pretend that they don't exist, and and b they feel like they're pigeonholed into who they are by their their body type 
their gender, the color of their skin, their, their, you know, their, their wealth and status of their family, things like that. Like, and, and with hiring, uh, the thing, one of the things I should say, not the thing, but one of the things that I really admire about her and, and her, her ideas is the ability to incorporate people from such diverse backgrounds, uh, personally and musically to, to encompass a sound that, that I hope will be, you know, larger than the small niche that we're supposed to occupy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like, if, if you've looked at me, obviously I'm not, I'm, I'm not the first thing you would think of when you think of reggae music. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, uh, basically grew up in the middle of a cornfield in freaking Ohio and my family are, you know, salt of the earth Mennonite descendants. So, <laughs> right. What so part of Ohio I, again? I'm sorry to interrupt. What part? Of Ohio? Oh, no, no. I'm about, I grew up 45 minutes south of you in Findlay. Oh, Findlay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Right off the 75 there. Right there. Surrounded by cornfields, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I worked. I worked at Marathon Theater. I think that's where the theater is. Anyways, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, it's all good, man. You were on a roll, and I was just like, "Blah." <laughs> okay, go yeah, ahead. no, it's it's totally cool. So, like, my background is not not necessarily one that you would associate with the style of music that I'm I'm fortunate enough to play and and blessed to be um, learning about every day, actually, and. Uh, like a lot of the the guys um, in the band are, you know, uh, so we have a, a few that are um, Mexican and we have a few that are from Guam and we have like this whole, and Trish herself is kind of from everywhere, this crazy blend of ethnicities and, and statuses. And so we have these these people who like normally wouldn't come together to ex express a unified statement, but we, we get to share that same statement from our own personal backgrounds and influences. And I, I love that about, about the band where it's not all, and there's nothing wrong with everyone being close and everyone being similar, but it's nice that, it's nice to be able to express ideas with people who have radically different ideas because then the, the music that comes out of it is, is super cool and, and such a, such a unique blend um, because of that. So like Trish never listened to terrestrial radio or rock music um, really? and has very limited knowledge of, Rock, rock music. Right, right. Whereas I, that's all I heard growing up, right. like it or not. <laughs> Midwest, man. Yeah, yeah it is classic rock and metal and, right. and much harder forms of music. So being able to come up with ideas for parts for her um, and with her is, is super cool because she'll like equate something that I play to something I've never heard before. So then I'll get to go listen to that and then 
expand my horizons or I'll be, I'll, I'll send her something that like is an idea of where I got whatever I was playing to her so that she can kind of get that same, like, Oh, I've never heard this before. This is kind of cool. Yeah. And, and the same thing with the rest of the guys, um, just having that blend blend of ideas and styles is, is super amazing. And, and hopefully as the band continues to grow and meld that it, it blends together even more cohesively and crosses over into even more, um, more diverse listening palettes um, while still being able to maintain that, that foundation of, of great reggae music that kind of brought us all together in the first place. Yeah, man. Woo! <laughs> I don't know. Did that make any sense? I, it did. It did very much so. I, <laughs> I appreciate that, man, because no, no, you're right. You guys do have this like this beautifully diverse sound, and and uh, I mean, like I love that she touches on that Polynesian side of her. You know, there's just part. There's songs where it's just like her and her uke, and and you could hear the the melodies she chooses. You can hear that it's that's very that very like uh, island sound but then you know like you'll have different breaks where it'll be heavy or it'll be almost like a um like i think the last time i saw you guys live you had a complete dubstep fucking breakdown which was like i was like fuck yeah that's dope you know what i mean like it so i, I think that's beautiful man because it, it served the music to i mean obviously it's working so <laughs> it's like it served the music well and um and yeah man that that that's a great aspect because well, you get a bunch of similar minded people together and, and you know that can create great things too but like once you have this diversity of thinking and you guys can make it work without you know choking each other out or whatever uh fuck it like it, that's i mean that's magic baby it's magic i i, I would I'm, I was just curious about um, you know, a little bit about your upbringing. Did you uh, do you have music in your family? Is there a lineage of music in your family? Not a whole lot, no. Um, the lone my wolf. grandfather on my mom's side uh, used to sing like the crooner jazz type of tunes and played some drums. Uh, you know, like the Sinatra and 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 kind of that style uh, of music. And he'd play like small gigs around periodically while he was younger and then my i never i'm i never met my other grandfather but i heard he would like he was one of those sit down on the porch and play his harmonica type of guys but other than that like there's not a whole lot of music or musicians in my family necessarily uh coming from that Mennonite background, I have a whole lot of truck drivers <laughs> and ministers and uh, like mechanics yeah. in my family. So they're, they're artistic in the way that they'll, they'll create and relate to people on different levels, but it's, it's more, their, their art forms are more practical. Yeah. In, in mine, whereas mine is more, I guess, abstract and emotional. Mm. Yeah, totally. No, no, I I love the way that you frame that, like, just blue collar workers as like artists in their own right, because they just choose the. It, it's just how they chose to express themselves, like that. You know, like that's just their choice. They wanted, or they hate it. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But. <laughs> 
I don't know. I know people that who are successful musicians who don't like it, you know? So, I mean, like, who knows, you know, like who knows what works for whoever. No, I, um, that was a very nice way of, of, of painting blue collar, uh, background, which I have the same, it's same thing. I don't really have music. I do have music on my dad's side of the family. Well, actually, never mind. My family's full of artists. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about you, Blake. <laughs> so, so then how did you, uh, come on to the guitar then? Like, how did that get introduced or how did, uh, you, how did you go get it? Uh, my, my grandmother gave me a garage sale beater guitar one day when I was 10 years old. I think it was like around Christmas time. And I uh, I just played the crap out of that thing without having no idea how to play. And I'm sure it sounded awful. <laughs> the reason I know it sounded awful was my dad said, if you keep playing on this thing for the next few months, I'm going to buy you a guitar that sounds good and I'm going to get you some lessons. So his, his mode of thinking was, man, this sounds awful, but instead of like telling him to, to not do it, I'm going to see if he's got a passion for it and I'm going to encourage that passion and at the same time edify my own ears and sanity. <laughs> <laughs> So he doesn't sound so bad. It was it was really bad for a while because like I had siblings in the house and stuff like that, <laughs> and I was so bad that like I would just hide in the closet and practice so that they wouldn't uh, tell me to shut up. That, that's how I feel now. By the way, I just want you to know that that's how I feel now. Uh, but please, so 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 it. it it's funny because you were saying that you don't know if you were playing it right or not. You were just playing the shit out of it. It's like for the first year I had my guitar, I was tuning it wrong. Like, um, I was, it was, I was just tuning it wrong and fuck it. So like for the first year, it doesn't even count. I was just, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know how I was making it sound like, I don't know how I had the motivation with the, well, you know how like incremental, um, uh, achievements on the instrument will kind of be your motivation to keep going. Yeah. It's like, I don't yeah. understand at that age with my attention span, how I managed to stick to it. Cause there was no, there couldn't have been any kind of incremental <laughs> anything. Like what the fuck? It was out of tune. So anyways, you know, it, it, it's, it's, we're all, we, we all have to learn. We all begin, you know, we all start somewhere. So you took, uh, you took, so you took guitar and you took some lessons and you were, uh, when, when did you start like really getting into it and really start like trying to pursue music as a, uh, you know, as an artist? I mean, I think. I tried to start my first band when I was like 14 or nice. so. I, uh, and then it was like, it was like your normal, like, kids at school, like, hey, let's start a band. Okay, you're the singer, you're the drummer, you're the bass player. Yeah. And then I remember the very first band I tried to form, we were going to go for a talent show. And we never even got together. <laughs> <laughs> And we just talked about it, and then nothing ever happened. Um, <laughs> so wait, you didn't do then, the talent show? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then periodically, like, 
we would, I think it was in middle school, and then periodically I'd find people to jam with, and then it would incrementally get further and further and further along. Yeah. I, uh, and this is out of Findlay that you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's super interesting because there's such a small pool of just people in general. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> that's what I was kind of yeah. getting at. So like you kind of you know do the best with what you can and like my my mentality at the time I don't even know what my mentality at the time was <laughs> right it was, it was pretty ridiculous but then I'd like gotten myself locally into a bunch of bands like probably six or so at the same time. Um, having like a main like creative outlet but then just playing with anybody in any style like i think I'm, for a while i was playing bass in like a, a classic slash hard rock cover band and at the same time i was playing in some experimental scream atmospheric metal band and then i was playing in like uh like a funk rock band and i was playing in uh like some like all country type band and I I'd just be playing like anything just to play because this the pool a lot of cover bands too. Yeah. A lot of cover bands. Um just because the pool I remember I used to be in a backing band, like a house band at a bar that would just play a bunch of covers and uh, the guy who owned the bar's dad was the mayor. So I just back back the mayor on random happy hour sets. <laughs> And we'd play Brown Eyed Girl a lot. (laughs) So, like, just a whole lot of that. But I was, like, super, I don't know, super not taking it serious in the fact of, like, bettering myself. I was just, I feel like maybe I was just trying to obtain, like, more status in in my home little town because I had never really left. I'd never gone anywhere. I'd never, I I mean, I'd take vacations and things like that with family when I was younger, but I had never like really pushed myself out of my comfort zone until I was like in my early twenties. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to school for music. I'm going to quit dicking around. I'm going to refocus and into actual discipline practice. I'm going to do these things that I've talked about doing getting high with my friends now for years I'm, I'm actually going to do it so I uh, enrolled in OSU and I went to their jazz studies program and I ended up getting a degree in jazz guitar performance oh Jesus so you're a Buckeye <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> okay. I am and then after that I decided like if I'm going to do this I'm going to move out west because that's where that's the that's best where it's going on baby so yeah I went to San Francisco and then I ended up joining Hyrie, which led me down to San Diego. Well, um, can we, if we could just back up a little bit, um, the wh- when you were in high school and middle school and stuff was um, when did uh, when did like your social awkwardness and anxiety start peering out? Because I know that's kind of when it did for me when I started turning teenager and stuff, and I started getting a little more introverted. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and, uh, were you, were you dealing to- with that in high school as well? I was, I was, because I was never like a, I was never like a popular kid, but I never like didn't get along with people, but mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't like crude up or anything like yeah. that or part of a, 
a group. Um, but I, I mean, I was in the orchestra and the band and stuff like that. So like I was considered, I guess, pretty nerdy. Um, but then I, I, I started dealing with that in the wrong ways. Mm. Like now I'm dealing with it in, in healthy, positive ways. But before I was dealing with it, with escapism mm. basically into this, like, I don't know. A lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Me too, man. It was it was the same story. You know, it, it's interesting that I, you know, like I see all these commonalities when people are saying like their high school experiences. Like, you know, like I, I wasn't popular, but I wasn't like unpopular. Like, I I could kind of move within cliques. You know, you could kind of move around within people. Like, you knew most everybody and. Uh, but you know, kind of kept yourself, but still had people, and uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm sure people tolerated me, yeah, and par- probably because I could get them weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, one man. Of those kids, like, oh, okay, okay, no, no, I no, there, I had those kids. You know, those kids, the kids in high school who was the kids who could get weed, so they were cool because they could get weed. Both of them are dead now, so uh, which is a really weird shocking thing to internalize but you know i'm just curious like because this anxiety seems to hit people when they're young especially me um but like i remember being able to recognize it at a young age and sort of understand where it kind of came from and kind of um started working towards trying not to be that and, and, and like some examples would be like not speaking up for yourself or like you had a question, but you were too, you know, kind of scared to ask it. So as a young kid, I remember actively trying to work against those urges, those anxious urges and, and, and go against it and, and kind of like, I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'm connecting it, maybe I'm reaching too far here, but it kind of feels like anxiety hit me at a young age so I could sort of work on it from a young age and, and better myself and like because I've been constantly even from a young age feeling like I'm doing and even if I'm not conscious of it I just feel like I'm constantly trying to better myself even if it's small changes but I recognize I don't I don't know maybe that's sort of a device that serves artists to sort of better themselves for you know you know do you under does that make sense I don't know if that makes yeah, sense I don't know were you yeah, able to for, recognize it as a young age and kind of like uh internalize no. it uh, not, not until, like I said, until my, till my mid, early mid twenties, like 22, 23, when I had already kind of spiraled to the point where like, I didn't like myself ah. to the point where like, I was definitely seeing blatant signs of like, Hey man, you need, if you want to do anything with your life, you need to do it now. Yeah. Um, you need to deal with stuff rather than run from stuff. So like when I was younger and I was like super awkward, I would either a be super quiet or B just crack jokes. Mm. And then as I got older, I would just try to escape into whatever. And honestly, that's probably one of the reasons that I played guitar so much early on is because I could play it alone mm-hmm. and not worry about girls or friends or status because in a small town it's it's easy to get locked into this is all all there is absolutely and that's definitely how i how i felt looking back at it but not realizing it so i would just hide away with my guitar 
from an early age to at least I felt good. I was able to like start playing some songs and get out a lot of my angst and aggression and, and shitty feelings. And like, I could, I could run away to my guitar. Right. Whereas I, I could, I couldn't necessarily run away in other aspects except for like, keep my head down. Don't talk. Just crack a joke every once in a while. Um, so the anxiety served as a device to get better and, and put it into positive ways. Yeah, indirectly, yeah, for, for reals. It, it's, it was more of a... I was lucky to have that, honestly, because if I didn't have that, my A, my whole life would be different. But B, I, I don't know that I would have learned those lessons in the right way. I think I would have been much farther behind in my in my social development than I am now. I might still be in that town <laughs> working at the same factory that everyone else works at. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I do. And that would have probably slowly killed me inside. Not to say that there's anything wrong with doing right. that. The world needs people to do that, but right. that that wasn't for me. Right. And kind of the guitar saved me in that way. And again, when I was in my early early mid 20s the guitar saved me again because it was like the one positive thing i was like because i had been going on and off for school like it took me nine years to get my damn bachelor's degree but <laughs> you I did was, it I was going, yeah on and off for like community college and stuff but then like like i realized that i had like one real shot at least motivator not necessarily shot because I'm, I'm sure I could do other stuff maybe, but, <laughs> but I had one, one chance and it's not like I was particularly good at the guitar. I just, that was the one thing I was willing to work harder than anything else. So everything that I can play, everything that I can do, everything that um, I've accomplished on the guitar is not because I have any talent more than anybody else. It's because I work harder than most people and I dedicate the time and I make make myself disciplined to do that I'm I'm do I'm learning stuff now that like you know um that I'm still like disciplined and, and working on bettering my craft and taking in new techniques and there's a lot of people who who have natural talent where they can just pick something up and I'm insanely jealous of those people um, it seems like they can just pick up and, and figure stuff out and, and like can kind of coast by on something. They may not be the greatest and some of them actually probably are, but they, they just have it and whether they or not, they choose to develop it and put that discipline in or just coast on, on their natural abilities is, uh, is up to them. But for me, I know I didn't have any natural abilities. I had to work hard on timing. I had to work hard on rhythm. I had to work on, 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 uh, pitch, like, whereas other people could just get it and do it. Um, but it, I'm kind of glad that I didn't have that because maybe I would have coasted and maybe I would have stayed in that small town and wasted those talents yeah. where, where now I'm feeling like, you know, I've actually, I've been able to do something with that. And the cool thing is like, now that I teach a lot of music, I'm able to work with kids that other musicians either can't work with or don't work with. 
I'm, I'm able to, like, I've had students who have autism or other forms of learning disabilities. I've had students who have no musical talent whatsoever. I've had students who are in their 60s finally picking up a guitar because they want to learn how to play a Bob Seger song by the campfire on their vacation. Like, these are people that are just want to improve themselves in some way to learn a new skill to to enjoy this whole musical experience that that we get to enjoy kind of on the daily and i feel like a lot of times those people get get shut out a little bit um from the the larger community because they they take a month to learn an E minor chord rather than like picking it up and doing it in the first lesson. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of teachers and stuff that get frustrated with their students and, and, and drop their students and like won't work with those people. Um, I was very lucky to have teachers who were able to work with me at my varying skill levels as I progressed and like who didn't, who didn't do that. So I, I'm grateful now because I have this opportunity to, to be giving back to other people who are in the same predicament that I was um, because I, I literally went through every step. I, I struggled to make this chord and I found a way to make it work. And here's a tip that worked for me. You know what I mean? Um, and now I'm rambling again for like the third time. Oh, I feel bro, like please. No, no. <laughs> you know what? It, it's interesting because rambling, it, there's a difference between <laughs> rambling in person with somebody you're just having a conversation with or and there's a difference between rambling on a podcast. Rambling on podcast is great because, first of all, let me just take rambling out of the equation. You were not rambling because rambling is sort of going around in circles with no point. You definitely had a point there at the end of your sentence. So please don't feel bad about going on i love it when the guest talks because sometimes on this show like i'm just sitting here just it's like pulling teeth you know what i mean it's like fuck dude okay i'm gonna ask you every single question i guess you know like instead of sort of we're having a nice little jaunty back and forth which i very much appreciate because it's uh like i said it can be like pulling teeth so you're doing great man i, I you're doing <laughs> you're doing solid i actually you're one of the only other people i can actually talk to about this um particular subject we're moving on to uh is uh acoustic hookah and, oh uh, yeah hookahville <laughs> baby no i um you know, being back in Ohio, it's been crazy uh, just, you know, getting reacquainted with the scene around here. And right now the scene in uh, the jam scene is kind of heating up again. Um, back when we were a part of it, um, you know, it was pretty hot. And then we left. Yeah. And then it kind of died down. Um, and so did hookah. And you came into hookah. When did you come into hookah? And I'm sorry that we just turned this into a hookah podcast. but Oh, I, I'm no. Just... It's all good. Um, so the, that was kind of a, a great moment for me. So when I was in, in high school, I, I started getting turned in onto, um, like fish in the dead and a lot of, a lot of these jam bands. And then from that, I kind of started hearing about acoustic hookah in, in probably middle, late high school. And then started going out to their shows and realizing that, they were, for me, they were a great inspiration, honestly, because they were that cross-section of, of, of bands where they had 
like a national status, mm. but they were still local and they were still obtainable as far as what they were doing. They weren't so far off the charts like the Grateful Dead or Fish or, you know, a lot of those bigger jam bands that, that where it's like, oh man, I could work my whole life and never get to that point. You know what I mean? Uh, they were like, they were like a band that made really cool music and really original music that connected with enough people that they were able to, to get on that national circuit. And, and that was kind of like a inspiration and a model for me. Like if I just make good music and connect with the right people and, and put it out there, like I could have, I could obtain something like this. I could, I could throw a festival. Mm-hmm. I could, I could go on a tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it was really cool. And the, the music was super fun and super enjoyable and the shows felt like they were packed out. Um, but they weren't like these huge like arenas or anything like that because you know, where you just feel like a number, you felt like a person felt like part of a community. Yeah, for sure. And and honestly, a lot of that like is, is what I'm feeling now with Hyrie. So it's kind of cool. We're like, like I'm actually able to obtain this level of, of touring and playing and, and connection with, with an, a group of like-minded people, a fan base, if you will, um, in the same way that I connected with Acoustic Kuka, uh way back in the day, which was super cool. Well, one of the reasons I brought that up is because there's a connection with us, which I talk about all the time whenever I see you in person, but like um, uh, the Schwilly family, I think that's what they went by, right? Yeah, yeah. So the Schwilly family, those characters, that cast of characters and stuff, but... <laughs> But I also brought it up because uh, because I got a chance to talk to Ed and I got a chance to talk to Dave Katz. And oh, so, yeah? Yeah, dude. And, and it was fucking so fucking... It was so much fun and they were so giving with their time. And, and to speak... Because that was one of the points. It was like to speak on that local... Like they... They have this accessibility that they never left. You know what I mean? Like they've had this yeah. accessibility. And and you know, Dave invited me into his home, like, and he gave me three hours of just like unadulterated fucking hookah talk. And I'm sitting here telling him about how I fucking used to sneak into his festival and shit. <laughs> like a fucking <laughs> like a little ingrate. But <laughs> But yeah, man, like it's a, it, it's just one of those things that I knew that we could kind of connect on because there's just that that little piece that that piece of a uh, uh, history, a personal history there. That, yeah, I mean, because it was the same for me too. They were like that. They were like that big time small home band that you just like felt like you know like you knew them by name, right? It's like it's yeah. Ed, it's Steve, it's fuck you know, it's fucking Eric, whatever. So it was like a very, uh, it's a very community type thing that uh, I, I just had a blast sort of getting to know those guys and shit. So it, it was just a fun little thing I wanted to bring up. That's but, awesome. Man. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, so you're working on a solo project. Is that correct? Yes. I'm always working on a solo project. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, uh, decided long ago that if I was going to make music with other people or make music that's accessible to a large audience, that I was going to do my best to take what I had and, and make whatever it is better. I think I was talking about that a little bit when, 
we were talking about the recording process of Hyrie and like, how can I make the song better? Mm. And how, and it's always a struggle. Like, how can I put my ego aside to play only what is needed right. without like convoluting the tune or distracting from the tune, but still being able to be me on the tune? You know right, what I mean? Right. So I, I decided a long time ago that when, that's how I was going to approach playing with other people and making music that's commercially viable or acceptable how can i connect with the most amount of people but still be interesting enough not to lose people who may be a little more invested in music as a uh, as an art form um but with my solo projects How can I get the weird shit in my head out of my head? <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I'm approaching solo projects, I'm almost always, let me rephrase that. I'm almost never thinking about what's commercially viable and what is going to sell well or what is going to sound the best necessarily. And when I say the best, I mean the most cohesive or normal. So, I try to write stuff that stretches my abilities and skills as a musician. And I try to write stuff that piques my own interest. And I try to write stuff that I find exciting and, and get to scratch those itches. Obviously we grew up listening to jam bands <laughs> a lot. So how can I bring those influences in? How but can then I bring also them? metal, right? Like we also yeah, grew up listening to fucking Metallica and Pandera and yeah, yeah. all that shit. How, how can I do whatever the fuck that I want to do right. <laughs> in my head and right. get that out? Um, so that's kind of my, my overall goal when I'm writing stuff. So when I, in 2013, I was, uh, I just a few years out of, uh, out of OSU and, and, the jazz tradition so i was like well how can i take this weird jazz stuff that i learned and this very steeped tradition and just ruin it um <laughs> so i put out like an ep of like random songs which had a very strong jazz influence and a very strong like funk influence and like was just me like just writing stuff off the cuff and enjoying the fact that i could make music for myself and then flash forward a few years, I started writing a, a, a bunch of songs now being more in the reggae uh, genre and experiencing more and more amazing reggae. I was, I was writing stuff in the terms of like, how can I take this and blend it with my, my other influences without caring what it, what it necessarily, you know what I mean? Without worrying about like, staying within the tradition or without yeah. worrying about um what other people are gonna think and so like i started writing these songs probably the the ones that i'm right i'm working on now i think maybe three years ago or longer for some of them i used to write them like on on the planes to different festivals on my little uh garage band on my phone or i'd write them like on the road and just make little demos out of them and stuff like that. And then I'd get to a point and then I'd end up working on uh, uh, another record or like doing a bunch of solo work or touring or, and then put the stuff away and dig it back out. And I finally, finally got the motivation to actually start releasing some of this stuff. So 
I'm in the process of releasing three singles right now. I'm not sure if they're going to be under the moniker of. Uh, oh, you got a train going by. That's all right. I'm not sure if they're going to be under the moniker of Dillinger's Hired Guns or which is kind of the the catch-all name that I have um, for my projects, or just under Blaine Dillinger or Dillinger Music, which is kind of what I've been branding myself as lately. But it's going to be just uh, a series of three songs which have some reggae influence but I wouldn't necessarily call them reggae songs. They're just going to be um, sonic interpretations of, of thoughts in my head. And they're going to be instrumental. And, and I think that's the name of the album, too. I think, I think you just named it Sonic Interpretations of the Stuff in My Head. There it is. There it is. Heck yeah. Uh, and a couple of the motivating factors for releasing it now rather than releasing it back then is like, um, one, I've been a huge fan of wildlife mm. in general and a huge fan of like where we live and the amazingness of, of what's real. So back in the day, I used to be like enamored in like fantasy and, and, and idealism and things like that. And like, how can I make this, night the most epic night of my life or how can i whatever nowadays i'm more like oh man look at all this amazing stuff right around me look at all this like crazy biology going on in action look at this thing that i walk past every day did you know that it it does this and it has these basically superpowers and like you know what i mean like this planet that we live on is amazing right mm -hmm. and just knowing about it makes the world more exciting to me so i, I want to do my part to help conserve that so i'm i'm going to be donating um a percentage of of this music that i released to uh the world wildlife fund oh, uh, yeah. which will be super cool and kind of in that vein of like the amazing mix with the fantasy um and this whole idea that like living things have kind of their own innate superpowers like you know like spider silk is one of the strongest substances on earth and they made a whole comic book about a person with hey. that superpower right yeah that that this creature already has and you know what i mean so like the first single that i'm working on releasing is going to be called witch duck and the second single i'm going to be releasing is going to be called ninjelephant and then the final <laughs> single that I'm going to be releasing out of the group of three is going to be called Jellyfish of Love. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I got you. So they all have this, this kind of underlying theme. And then uh, once I kind of got the theme, I kind of got the ball rolling in, in my mind, like I'm going to do this, I'm going to finish it. And even then, it's been over a year since I got that theme rolling because I ended up... Uh, doing a whole lot of writing for a, a record that's about to come out and then I did a bunch of guest appearances and collabs that are going to come out soon but then when I got back into the studio I was like I'm going to make this happen so I started a, a, a Patreon account I'm not sure if, if you have one or not but um, basically it's a way for fans to like directly connect with, with artists and to directly help fund the art projects that they're doing so I figured like out of you know, all of my fans, uh, a small percent of them are going to be really interested into what I have to create and what I have to say. And I 
and they they'd want to support that. So I Patreon is a cool way to let them in on it and let them directly support the art if they want to. And uh, so by doing that, like basically I, I set up a, 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 a system where like it's it's like a monthly uh, subscription of donation and it's like for me I was like oh like five bucks a month we'll keep it where anyone can afford it if they want to support and with that five bucks a month you get everything that I release personally forever as long as you're uh, a member and that has really cool because that's including a lot of the collaborations that I do. So I, I play guitar on this, uh, guy's track is, his name wisdom and sound. He's out of Florida and he was nice enough to let me release that on Patreon. I have, uh, an album coming out where I did, uh, probably 90% of the music for, uh, uh, by this artist named shrub out of Columbus. And he's going to be letting me release the whole album, to my Patreon uh, subscribers. And I got another couple collabs in the work that uh, are going to be released, as well as my own singles. Um, so it's a really cool way for these fans who are interested in the weird and the uh, maybe technical in aspects and the unique um, to get a whole bunch of, of cool different music in their inbox that other people may not have or may not have heard before or maybe will suit um a feeling or a mood they have when when other stuff might be too too general to to suit that um as well as the idea that they're helping they're helping people create art and express themselves in, in healthy, positive manner. So it's, it's super cool. But that Patreon thing I launched in December and it's kind of really lit a fire under me because like now I have to get this music out because when I do something, I, I'm not one of those people who are like looking for a quick buck or a way to make a bunch of money. I'm one of those people that's looking to, to, to find a way to do what I love sustainably and so now that i have that it's like i have to release this i have to get this out i have to be in the studio every day working on my stuff not just other people's stuff so it's it's really cool cool motivation and and i'm excited to be able to release these i'm hoping to release them within the next few months uh successively hell yeah man that that's fucking awesome man i like that you're uh you're taking a step back and you're taking time to like work on your own shit how did um when working on these tracks, when you take longer breaks away from them, what are some of the ways that you kind of like get yourself back into, you know, getting yourself back into the fire or the or the juice of that song, you know, getting back into the meat of it? Because, you know, when you're working on music, sometimes you have this idea, it's really good and you pursue it and then you build out your song and then you get to a certain point and you may be stuck or maybe you have to go on tour or work on other shit. Uh, and then when you come back to it, it kind of loses its energy that you had, that motivating energy to sort of complete it. How, how how were you sort of getting past those moments? Or did you have those moments? Were you able to just come back to it just like and get right back into it? That's a great question, man. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Love that question. Um, so <clears throat> one of the cool things is like the songs that I'm releasing now, uh, the first three are songs. I think one of them I wrote in 2015. Um 
and it's just been kind of sitting on the back burner. But one of the things that I would do is like, if I kept coming back to it and I still wanted to release it, I, I knew that was like, it was worth putting in the time and the effort and doing it. And all the, all three of these songs were songs that I had written in various points over the last, I guess, five years now, uh, that I kept coming back to and be like, man, I need to finish this. This needs to, needs to happen. And then certain things would inject new life. Like in, in beginning of December, I had my drummer, Matt, um, from Hyrie record drums on all three tracks, like live drums. And that like, went like this <laughs> in, in, in the excitement level and the, uh, the feel. And then, um, I'm having a couple other who shall for now rename, remain nameless, uh, guest musicians on these tracks as well. And then sometimes that, that's a good motivator as well. So a lot of the stuff that, uh, I'll write cause I, I've written, way way more stuff than the th three tunes that were originally supposed to be my own but some of them i ended up sending to other artists i'm like hey man what do you think of this and they're like oh man i'd love that let me rap over that or oh i uh, let's collab on this track or whatever so i have a a bunch more out now that are getting life injected into them because i was stuck at a point having a fresh ear and a fresh take uh on the tune and that, that makes me really excited as well, because then when they are able to send some ideas, then I'm able to bounce stuff back and, and build things, build things out that way. Even with these three songs, there's one song where there's this whole outro of a song that, uh, when I was working with Matt, uh, originally when he was programming the drums before he played them live, he was, we were working on one of the tunes and he was like, oh man. I wrote a tune back in the day that uh, never did anything with, but this one section is the, basically the epitome of what this song is. And so it, his, his section of the song became the outro of my song. Um, yeah. That's tight. That's so tight. it's like, cool. It's because like I can keep coming up with these ideas and I keep, I have this like little digital vault of all of my ideas in various stages. And then like when I meet the, the right person who might get excited for this beat, or if I, uh, take some time off and come back to it and come up with a whole bunch of fresh ideas. Um, like those are, are great ways to inject new life. And there are a few of them that are just like, Oh yeah, no, I'm good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but that's, so, that's the business. That's how it goes. Yeah. So they're not all like that. But if you keep, if you keep doing that, when you come back, you'll know what you want to work on. And mm. as long as you keep putting the ideas out, even if the ideas seem stupid or whatever, I've wrote, written so many things just to learn a new technique or to explore a new concept where the initial one or two songs that i wrote with it are garbage so <laughs> right like but then by you know the third or fourth go around incorporating that technique you know it might end up mainstream so there's like uh, this technique i've been playing with more and more which is like this uh four finger tapping technique where you're playing the guitar more like a piano mm -hmm. and i'm kind of obsessed with it over the past year year and a half and it actually it made it 
uh, ideas of that made it onto the Hyrie record, which I was super surprised. Um, <laughs> what song? It's such- so there's a there's a spot in the in the very end of um, she go uh, in which I'm playing this corded tapping thing and it's buried in the mix. It's just a supporting role and it almost doesn't. It almost feels like it and sounds more like a synthesizer. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I fucking I, I was like, that's a guitar. That has to be a guitar, but it doesn't sound like a guitar, right? Like, it, yeah. it doesn't sound like a guitar at all. I think I know what, what then, you're talking about. Or, yeah, or and then I'm like thinking. in the solo of Guam Boy, um, there's like a really popular effect called like a whammy pedal. That's what I'm and, thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. It was and the Guam Boy. Pedal. So what I'm doing is I'm playing like a note, and then I'm throwing my finger on the next note. And then I'm taking my index finger and going up an entire octave and then hitting that note and then pulling my index finger off so it goes back to this note and then pulling that finger off so it goes that back. So it's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And it's got this 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 whole feel of it. And then there's a, another track. Uh, uh, I like the way you roll. Uh, it's under... It's under Kyle from Slightly Stupid's verse. There's this whole bunch of disjointed hits. So what I did was I uh, was playing out arpeggios of the chords intertwined with the hits. And those arpeggios in the beginning are all um, are all finger-tapping arpeggios um, where I'm just playing the outline of the chord and then jumping up an octave to the root note. So it's like... And then I hit the next note for the next chord, and then done and and then hit the next chord. So it's like these weird like techniques, which um, uh, you, you're not gonna find in the in the reggae or even reggae rock tradition, because as far as I know, I'm the only one kind of playing them. Yeah. So it's like a nice individual expression, but it's still within the confines of like helping to elevate the song. There, there sounds that aren't necessarily sounds to show off even though they're they can be complicated they're not like oh i'm i'm soloing look what i can do they're more of like how can i how can i add some interesting textures to this rhythm part right um to make it to make it you know catch the ear of someone who wants to listen a layer deeper and the horn players do that and 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 everybody in the band kind of does that. There's like these surface parts for, for anyone who just wants to hear the song, focus on the vocals, get the meaning. But then for those people who want to listen deeper, we always try to embed like little extra things. And so, yeah, so it's even, even some of these crazy things, like I, a lot of those techniques started with me writing the most ridiculous stuff, which is probably never going to be released. (laughs) Just doing that over and over and over again in different ways and actually the first single is kind of one of those but it was a little farther along the line where the whole main part is all finger tapping techniques and there's like a outro part where i'm like tapping and then up like kind of like an octave but i'm doing like two notes up and then i'm pulling those notes off and it almost almost sounds like a harp Mm. like a uh arpeggio harp type thing which i'm super happy with how it turned out but yeah, so like just all these like weird things of me being able to be me, but still supporting the song all stem from me writing all this weird stuff that will probably never see the light of day. <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, no, I mean, I loved how you, uh, I loved how you answered. You know, how do you keep motivated on this on a track that you got away from? Is you know, collaborate. It, you know, that's a great, that's a great thing to tell somebody. You know, like people who might be stuck somewhere. Maybe step outside yourself and go collaborate. Send it off. Send it somebody. Tell them what you know. Whatever. Um, I and uh, the what I uh, I and I like that your ideas of um, you're stepping outside of tradition and 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 uh, making these weird, making your weirdness and your awkwardness sort of like this beautiful thing that stands out and makes this song like beautiful. You know what I mean? Uh, how how much do you um before you go into the studio to record with Hyrie, How much are you uh, demoing on your own personal rig, or do you usually experiment and and do all that in studio with the band? Um, it's it's kind of both. Mm. Um. The way that things are tracked generally with Hyrie Records are they'll get kind of pre-tracked, um, and then by the time I get the songs, they're kind of fully formed. Like for this last record, um, there were already a whole bunch of tracks laid for all the songs, and I got them maybe a week before mm. I was supposed to go record. So. <laughs> Um, I would do as much as I could and I'd collaborate with the producer and, and hit him up and pick his brain and annoy the shit out of him. <laughs> and then, uh, when I got in there, I would present my ideas and then he'd have his own ideas. And then, uh, you know, other people who were in the session would have their ideas and we'd just kind of go. And a lot of it, surprisingly enough, is like a lot of the things that make, the layers on the record are, are super simple things. Like I think I spent the first two days on the Hyrie record, just recording acoustic guitar strumming. Mm-hmm. And like, I had no idea I was going to be doing that until he's <laughs> like, Hey man, I have all these ideas for like these three songs. Do you mind just strumming the acoustic for these? And I'm like, yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Or like, I'd be like, I have this idea for the song and our producer is really cool. And he's always like, yeah, try whatever you want. We'll, we'll get a couple takes of it and then we'd be like well now that we tried that let's try my idea mm-hmm. and then one or the other or sometimes both would end up in the song so it was just kind of this cool collaborative process and i got a oh go ahead oh no um I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I thought you were done, but how no, much, man, do you no, have, no. I was just, I was about to ramble again. No, 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 no. It, it's <laughs> great. It's good rambling, man. It's good rambling. Um, it's. I, I was just curious. Is there ever been? Um, has there ever been an instance where you really? And, and I, I use the word fight, but that's not. I'm not trying to say anything. But have you ever had to feel like you had to fight for a part that you really believed in that you really you're like or or are you pretty cool about being like, "Oh, okay, whatever." I mean, has there been a moment where you're like, "No, I really think that this is the th- this is it. This is what I really believe in what I just did in this." Yeah, I uh I have definitely had those moments and and it goes back to I have to really work hard to check my ego mm. at the door because I have I have insecurities about my playing because like I was telling you earlier, like I have had to work for everything that I can play and I'm not the best player. And there are a lot of people who are just naturally more talented than me. Mm. So sometimes like in my head, my ego wants to overcompensate. Like 
and and inflate what I'm whatever I'm playing to be better than it is. It's like a some sort of weird mental coping mechanism or something to mm. face my own insecurity, having nothing to do with anyone else. Right. But when I'm in there and I I re- have to wor- really work hard to be like, okay, so if this part is getting cut, why is it getting cut? Is it is it really is it not performed well? Is it just not fit the song? Does is there just too much going on? And then somebody wrote a better part, and all those are all those are valid reasons. And I have to like let myself know that it's okay to to let let someone else's part win. It's not a competition. It's whatever is better for the song. But that being said, sometimes I really feel like something I do adds to a song where. Um, upon first listening, other people may not agree. So like the, I guess the, the Guam boy solo for this last record, is probably a good instance. There's already horn part going on there. Mm-hmm. So when I approached, uh, the horn players and like, Hey, I have this really freaking cool electric guitar solo part that I've been working on. I think it's going to be awesome. They were like, well, we already have a horn part there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, uh, that's cool but I, I really want to try it. You know what I mean? Because I, I thought it would really fit because at the time I had the tracks, there were no horn parts. It's just there's a space there. There's just a space. So I wrote this part and, um, I talked to the producer about it and I'm like, Hey man, I really want to. And, and Trish is amazing. She like lets us all like try whatever the hell we want, which is amazing for an artist to be so lenient with her own personal music to let us like, to trust us to, to write stuff that'll, hopefully improve you know the delivery of her already great music um so i'm working with the producer and i'm like can we try this part he's like of course man let's let's try it and uh but he's like just to warn you that the horn players already have a part here um so i was like all right well let me let me try and so like we recorded the part and it sounded really good and but then the horn part sounded really good and and the producer was like oh why don't we just do both so (laughs) because like the gaps of where I'm playing in that solo fit with the way that the horn players are playing that line. Yeah. So both parts are in there. And if you're not listening for guitar, you might just think it's another horn break. But if you're, if you're in tune to guitar, like that's what you listen to in music, the horns might be the background to that. It all depends on how you want to listen to it, which is super cool. Yeah. And, and it's, it all became, it was all because like, I thought this part could really elevate the song and it ended up elevating the song but then so did the horn part and so we were both like oh we want this part and they just happened to happen to work together in that instance yeah no yeah man that's that that's great that's a that's a that was a great approach too man like where you're just like well let's just see it, it it's a great it's great to hear that your guys' dynamic is open enough to where it's like, let's, let's, you know, like it's all in service of the music. It's not in service of anyone's ego. And, and especially the front, the front woman, you know, uh, Trish, she's, she's like to open her, her vulnerability like that to other people to sort of like give their input, you know, that I, I think those are the bands that do have that longevity, that sustainability. Whereas you have people who are just all like, I don't know, a famous, a famous incident is like the Beatles or something, you know, like the Beatles were all these like geniuses who were like, just couldn't bring it together to, for longevity sake. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's it's i think that's a healthier way to be than just like no this is my shit fuck off yeah i mean that's and that's see like if if we had if everybody like the beatles they were all songwriters so they were all fighting for their individual voices to be heard as the the lead singer or the lead vessel for a song um we're lucky in the fact that like you know, Hyrie is an artist. She is the vessel. She, she is the songwriter. She is the deliverer of, of the message. Mm. And our role is to support that. And the cool thing about doing like my, my solo project and, and other collaborations and stuff like that is I get a, I get a other avenues to flex different muscles, whether it be songwriting or arranging or, production or getting fucking weird i i have i i make those avenues for myself so i'm not that's one of the things that really helps me check my ego sorry it's getting hot out here hey man let's let's take off some clothes baby let's do this (laughs) getting getting some views now um no no one wants to see this um so like it, it really helps me as i'm not putting all my eggs in that in that basket in the fact that like, Oh, I got to get everything that I, I think I can play well onto this record mm. because I want people to hear what I can do. Um, whereas now, whereas yeah, like with this project, I get the other avenues of like, if I, if, if someone really wants to hear what I can do, they can, they could sign up for my Patreon and they can get the whole wide freaking birth of what I'm doing. Or they can like, you know, hear, different avenues of my songwriting or playing by my collaborations with other artists, maybe the harder type guitar parts or maybe even more chillax type guitar parts or like other genres besides reggae, things like that. Where, where can people find your Patreon by the way? Oh, <laughs> patreon.com slash Dillinger music. There you go. If you, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you'll you can find that in the show notes. Uh, you can find a direct link to that. So if you guys, I'll make it easy for you guys. Just go to the show notes and click on the Patreon and go support them. Uh, but oh, please, you're awesome, man. oh man, you know, man, I love you know, like you've always been like a very uh, every time I bump into you like backstage or whatever, you've always been like very nice. You know, like you're a nice person and. We had this weird connection that I always seem to bring up every time we talk about Ohio and, you know, hookah and whatever. But, um, you know, you've, you've always been cool, man. And, and I really appreciate it that, uh, you know, you take you take the time to do this shit, man, because, uh, you know, it, it's it's good. To, it's good. It's going to be great for your fans to be able to hear this side of you, you know, like it's uh, all they see is cool Blaine. You know, they, they got to, you know, but now they know you're a vulnerable artist, just like everybody else. It, it, yeah 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 for anyone who's only seen me on stage that is that is it's it's not fake yeah. it's it's the aspect of me when i'm at my best at yeah. my most confident at my most excited i love what i'm doing up there uh, i always told myself if i ever get up there and hate what i'm doing i'm i'm gonna stop doing it whether or not the money's good or, or not because i I love being on that stage. I love connecting with people. I love seeing the excitement in people's face. I love the interaction with the crowd. Like that is, that is, that is me at my best. Um, yeah. And also I really dig that you're, um, 
that you're also doing you're taking other avenues of expression because that's where i find myself too it's like i don't i don't know like um i feel like i get bored with just doing the same you know like I, I feel like i would just be bored just you know gigging all the time like I, I feel like i have i have to do like i have to do video editing i have to do this podcast i have to play 12 different instruments that's not how many <laughs> instruments i can play by the way but uh you know like i feel like for my brain i have to constantly be going and finding needs to be filled you know what i mean like i don't know like i just like it just i have to fill these weird needs and it's not always gonna it's not just performing and gigging it, although i love that too but you know i'm finding so much joy in all these other things that i'm doing plus diversifying your skills is not a bad uh oh, it's not, not a bad way to 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 sustain like uh uh, uh you know sustain monetarily i should say but yeah uh, I, I totally agree. Like you, that's so like we live in a society in which we have all these platforms. We have the Instagrams and the Facebooks and, and the YouTube and, and everything. And it gives us, I feel like it gives us a one dimensional view of other people. So this person maybe um, have, have this freaking type of view or, Another person uh, may differ in in the way they view their dietary habits, or this person might be associated with being, uh, you know, uh, a guitarist with a mohawk. You know, you have all of these things that people will latch onto one specific aspect of your life and like then judge everything else that you do based on that aspect that they enjoy about you mm. rather than seeing you as a, as a complex person. And I feel like, um, like w what you do where you're showing these different avenues and, and aspects of, of your, your life on your social media. Like, I think that's, that's a more real representation. Like, Oh, I have an interest in playing these different instruments. Oh, I have an interest in podcasting. Oh, I have an interest in whatever. Like, being able to show those those different experiences and different aspects of you as a person uh, are really cool, and I feel I wish more people would do that on those platforms. Um, but at the same time, I get it. You you know, just like you you always want to put your best foot forward. I always practice before I go play a show because I want to put my best foot forward. I'm not just going to go out there and give you whatever if you're paying for a ticket so it's kind of this back and forth it's a it's a weird time to to live and to present stuff but you know we're all weird people so it should work out <laughs> right right exactly man no it's uh it, yeah man and, and social media has just been one of those facets for me that's that I've, I've been finding and having a good time with you know it's just fun for me and um I don't know. Sometimes I find myself scrolling and then I'll just get this the biggest wave of disgust and I'll just be like, ugh, and I'll just like literally throw my phone across like on the couch, like go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, you know, you get overloaded with this shit. And um it's just it, oh. I don't I don't think that's healthy either, you know. It's it's balance. I, I think I think the overall theme here of this discussion I would say would be finding balance, some sort of uh you know, we're, we're, we're constantly juggling all these ideas, all these emotions, all these, you know, uh, just all these things we're committed to. And fuck, man, like, 
I don't know. We have to figure out a way to balance and, and to, to get through these things so we can, I don't know, make the best and be the best. And, and you know what I like, man? I like that you're, uh, you know, like I'm not the best, but you're like, I'm the best me. And that's what I really appreciate you about you, man. Like, oh, and, hell yeah, and your man. honesty of uh, on this podcast is like, you know, because I I absolutely agree with you. Is like, um, well, not agree with you that you're not the best or anything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I feel the same no, way about okay. myself. I'm, I'm... <laughs> no, 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 because I think you're a fantastic player. I don't think you, you know, like you're a fantastic player. But I feel that way about myself as like as well. Is that I, I don't feel like I'm the best, but I do feel like that I work hard towards being the best me. And so, like, I, I think that's a great thing to to leave this conversation with is, is just be the best you. Like, you don't have to be the best motherfucker. You know, you don't have to be the best fucking guitarist. You don't have to be the best basketball player. You don't. But be the best that you can be and be the best of your own abilities. Because God knows there's someone who's way better than you <laughs> just waiting to take your spot. So <laughs> just be the best you. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, man. That's that's like my my whole life philosophy is of late is like being the best me. How can I improve myself in my personal relationships uh, with with my own mental relationship with myself, with my social relationships, with the relationships of of the music I'm putting out? How can I how can I how can I make 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 it as fulfilling as possible for myself and for others. How can I have the best Blaine experience every day? <laughs> and with that, Blaine Dillinger, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I, I truly appreciate how can people give people your Patreon again? How can people get a hold of you if they want to collaborate? Um, all that good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And so, uh, I'm really bad at plugging myself, but patreon.com slash Dillinger Music is where you can go to get all my stuff for free and video lessons. I also have a website, dillingermusic.com. Pretty easy. That has links to everything. If you go to any social media site, YouTube slash Dillinger Music, Instagram slash Dillinger Music, Facebook slash Dillinger Music. You can come to my house and say what's up, slash Dillinger Music, whatever. <laughs> um, you'll probably find it with a slash Dillinger Music. <laughs> right, uh, man. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Again, uh, Blade, for taking time. And I also appreciate that you're sitting poolside in Southern California. I'll be out yeah, there. Come, and, come visit, bro. Come well, out. I'll be out there. I'm going to do a short run with uh, Skanks Roots Project. So I'll, I'll be out there at the end of April. So you'll probably be yeah, yeah. you'll probably be on the other side of the world, but so. uh, well, I don't. I am going out uh, with Iration in May for oh. an East Coast thing. Oh, nice! Uh, You're gonna do you, do you sit in a lot with the different bands? Oh no 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 we're uh, sorry. Hyrie is Hyrie and Iration. Okay, my bad. Yeah, no, it's all good. And uh, but the end of April, yeah, when you're rolling through, let me know. We should we should link up. We should jam, hang out, barbecue, yeah, something. I'm down, man. Yeah. All right, man. You have a good day. Yeah, great hanging with you, bro. everybody go to dillingermusic.com d-i-l-l-i-n-g-e-r.com 
Go check it out. If you want to know more about Blaine, if you want to contact Blaine, you want to collaborate with Blaine, you want to you want to just reach out and say hi, go to Blaine or <laughs> go to Dillingermusic.com and get some more Blaine for that ass. Anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know that the pandemic is still going on. There's a few announcements I want to just shout out uh, before I sign off here. Uh, I've been having wonderful conversations with musicians all around the country. It's been wonderful to see the amount of positivity that people are bringing to a, a shit show, really. I mean, like, we're in the middle of, well, we're not even in the middle. We're at the precipice. We're at the beginning of, 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 of this fucking horror show of the pandemic. This invisible monsters that are stalking the streets for grandma and grandpa. It's fucking intense, right? I'm sure you guys are feeling the pinch. So it, it's been wonderful talking to people and getting a positive outlook and a positive um, uh, just just people. I, I just I've been loving to see how much people are coming together. You know, even in their own, even in the safety of their own homes, people are still coming together to create, to spread joy, spread positivity, to spread music, spread art in general, and. And I don't know. Art is always a reflection of of the times, and and um, art is always relied upon for the worst of times and for the best of times. So um, th- it, it, this is our job now, you know. Like we we have a new job, which has been historically the same job for many many years, but it is to to take people out of their their space, their current mindset, and, and transport them to somewhere. Other than the fucking global pandemic that they're facing and, and, you know, their nagging wife who's getting on their last nerve and the kids who won't stop screaming and running around and making a fucking mess and the TV's always blaring. Why is every fucking light in this house on? Oh my God, I'm out of beer. Okay, so I know that that can be an issue. I know that uh, right now it's not easy, but just remember... You got art. <laughs> and artists are out there. And so if you're not an artist and you're just listening to this and you're enjoying this and, and you like Blaine or you like the people I talk to, go out and support them. Find them. They're performing online right now. Um, you know, like they're doing everything they can to get their music and to spread a positive message. So everybody just hang in there i know we're at the beginning of all this bullshit but we got we gotta we gotta hold it together we got months ahead of us and um we, we gotta just keep it together you know in the last few podcasts i've been saying make sure you get your supplies and don't trust these people and i still am with that by the way i still do believe that you should have at least three weeks of supplies because we rely way too much on foreign supply chains and anything can happen and i know they say that the food will keep coming but you you don't know and here's the other part of that equation i hope i hope to fucking god that i don't have to use my three weeks my three weeks of rationing i hope that it doesn't get to that point where i have to go and start eating my ramen noodles and my fucking Campbell's chunky soup, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope that I don't have to eat that shit food because the stores are closed and there's fires in the fucking street. You know what I mean? So, yeah, have the three weeks, but it's just in case, right? And 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 we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know. 
And so let's hope we don't have to use those reserve supplies. I know they keep saying, don't overbuy. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't feel like they understand this fully. They have no real answers for us. I know that's all we have, and so we have to go by what we have. But uh, we also need to remember that uh, they are still a government. They are still just human beings who are trying to maintain or even uh, expand their power. So <clears throat> humans and power, we know how this story ends. So we also have to remember that there's other forces in play. And there's a lot of money to be gained by uh, 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 you know, this, this horrible this horrible situation so just remember there's tons of money to be gained there's power to be gained and so to question what is being told to us is not a bad thing it's it's actually probably what you should be doing as a fucking american so um you know just keep that in mind but uh i i do want to get back to the positivity uh so we've been sort of refocusing some of the show i've been sort of uh, dedicating a whole portion of the shows or the conversations to what people are doing to sort of get through this quarantine time. So expect that from uh, here on until this shit's over. I will be talking um, um, extensively to a little bit of Lee of the coronavirus and COVID and what this world is experiencing unanimously at, at the same time, which is so just interesting to think that we all are experiencing the same uh horror at the same time it's just like on a world level it it, it 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 like when people's i mean your whole perception of reality has just been changed on a global level like reality perception of reality has just been completely altered on a global level like that i, I don't know what i don't i don't know what that means i'm not even sure what that means to me but i know it's something and uh i don't know it, it, it's it's this mass ritual that's taking place right now where we're sort of i don't know we're we're we're, we're battling the demons right now the, the invisible grandma and grandpa demons that want to take our grandma and grandpas you know not grandma and grandpa demons jesus christ okay this is getting weird uh i, I do want you guys to go and check out me on the instagrams uh <laughs> that was my really shitty uh poorly planned transition into like subscribe review uh go and like us on instagram uh facebook we're on snapchat i think it's we speak 2020 or something and then uh even on tiktok i think i'm on there i don't know but don't even try to reach out to me on that shit i won't even see it i only have a uh, uh, a uh <laughs> I only have my um, uh, Snapchat so I can buy weed. So I, that's the only reason why I'm on Snapchat is just so I can communicate with the drug dealer. Um, which, by the way, he, he puts up on his Snapchat where he's like, I'm not leaving the house for anything less than $170. I was like, you know, there's something to be said about being uh, close to middle age and starting to have that financial security that you work for your whole life, you know. Not that we're financially secure in any means, but like we just, we have more to work with. And when I think about like it, if I was still like just scumming it in San Diego or just scumming it in general, how $170 would have been impossible. Like 
That's an impossible feat. But now it's like, oh, I can see that. I can see spending $170 for a couple weeks of, you know, just of, I don't know. Of, uh, I don't know what a couple, it will give you at least a couple of weeks of some kind of uh, relief, I suppose. It's medication, folks. It's marijuana. We medicate around here. Uh, so like, subscribe, review, like us on Instagram, uh, Facebook. <clears throat> uh, my Instagram is full of, uh, of silly shit. It's full of podcast content and it's full of tutorials in which the tutorials is what is the most popular thing on these pages so far. So, uh, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, I'm just trying to grow that out and I'm having a blast making these tutorials it's teaching me so much more about my own plane. It's forcing me to sit down with metronomes. It's forcing me to do things. So I am doing these videos mostly for me. But there's a but the, the cool thing is is that the the outcome of me getting better at my job is that I get to help you guys get better at your job and it also helps grow the brand so it, it's it's working it's working out really well so if you like those tutorials if you like learning just quick to easy to moderate licks uh it brings from jazz blues country uh i'm, I'm gonna be working with some boogie woogie type stuffs coming up here so lots in store so go follow on instagram uh facebook we're on youtube and in fact i would suggest going and subscribing on youtube because you can scrub through the videos and these videos aren't very long these are like 30 second videos where I show you a, a lick and then I slow it down and that's it some of the guitar tutorials have tabs uh, and the piano and so it's guitar mostly guitar and piano <clears throat> because that's what I mostly play um, I was doing some bass stuff but I when you don't play an instrument for so long you have to like really sit there and get back into the motion of it so you can actually pull off some of these licks or these runs and I just I play guitar and piano so often that I uh, I'm already warm I'm already in it I'm already in those modes so it's uh it's a little bit harder to switch and spend a couple of days trying to get back into the bass and, and still try to maintain a schedule I suppose now that my schedule is pretty fucking open <laughs> Due to the global pandemic, uh, I'm guessing that 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 uh, yeah, that uh, I have plenty of time to do that. But I'm also lazy. Um, yeah, so I really have to be into something for me to pursue it. If I don't, if I'm like even a little bit not into it, it it takes so much for me to do it. So um, I like it just takes just so much effort to just get me to get to that place where I'm actually working on it, the thing that I'm not that interested in. Um, like recording, for instance. I'm not really that interested in recording with other people, per se. I love recording by myself or with one other person. That's my shit. But like when it's in a group setting, in a big fancy studio, I don't like that. It doesn't, I'm not comfortable there. Um, but so I've been, but also, when people want me to lay down tracks over their songs, like for whatever reason, my brain goes, I don't want to do this. But I know it's an important part for me to do uh, is to record and collaborate. So I, I've been collaborating. I'm, I'm Every day the number grows. I have five different projects currently I'm working 
Uh, so uh, no matter what, it just seems like I'm always going to be pulled in 50 different directions. And that's fine. So like, you liked us on Instagram, you liked us on Facebook at We Speak English Good, uh, you liked us on YouTube. Now, it's time to uh, subscribe. Go subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, YouTube. Okay, I know I like subscribe is kind of the same thing, but you know what? There are different terms for different platforms. So you can subscribe to us on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast. please do subscribe to our RSS feed so you can get the latest episodes as they are dropped. Then please, if you enjoy this show, if you've gone through the first two steps already and you're at step three, which is like, like, subscribe, review, please review us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast or anywhere you get your content, your podcast content, please leave a review. It helps us. It hel if you get anything from us, and I don't ask for any kind of money other than to support our lovely sponsor. Or I was going to say sponsors, but we only have one. Uh, um, uh, you know, support them. I, I don't, but I don't need your money. I don't want your money. I do need your money, but I don't, I'm not going to take your money. <laughs> Everybody needs your money. Uh, <laughs> the government definitely needs your money. Uh, but yeah, I don't ask for anything <clears throat> other than this. Please like, subscribe, review. If you like this podcast, if you get anything from this podcast that, that it, you think is useful and you think is worth it, please go through the pain the ass effort to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. I know that iTunes is a pain in the ass. In fact, I, it's stupid for me not to put a, a link to the iTunes a direct link to the iTunes, but even then you got like sign in and then you got to re go. It, they make it so hard. So if you reach out to us and leave comments on episodes, maybe on Facebook or Instagram, or if you instant message me, you, you email, email me at, uh, we speak English good at gmail.com. I'll read them on the show. Unless you tell me not to, um, I can't read them all, but I will read the ones that I get. And it's not like a first come first serve type thing. I am literally going through the ones I want to read. <laughs> so um, uh, it's nothing personal. It's just if you have a nice writing prose, I'm gonna just just a tip. If you have good prose, I'm gonna read that shit <laughs> on air. But if you're just sitting there being like, I hate you and you are an asshole and I hope your son gets lupus and your wife gets herpes. You know, like if you start doing that weird shit talking like to the extreme thing that the Internet is so famous for, I won't read those. You know, like I'll... I'll take my hurt feelings and go elsewhere with it. Or actually, I'll just delete it because it doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, write the show if you'd like. Uh, check out WeSpeakEnglishGood.com. That is being kind of, uh, w w well, on this downtime, we're going to be re-sort of, um, I don't think we're going to deconstruct the whole website, but we're going to definitely be adding pages. So on the website, you're going to be able to find Videos I've done in the past, uh, you're going to be able to find um, uh, tutorials. Uh, you, you'll find we're going to get an advertisers page. I don't know if that's what it's called. If you guys know what that's called, by the way, 
I'm looking for sponsorship right now for more sponsorship, and I'm putting together my my sponsor page. I don't know what that's called. So if anybody knows what that actually is called, like an advertiser splash page, I don't. You know, like it has your metrics on it, and it has. I don't know what that's called. So if you know what it's called, please tell me. And if you have any tips on how to make it look cool and uh, make it nice, that's very nice too. Um, also, we, I don't know, like a, last week or something, I, I, I got an email saying that, um, I, I don't know if I've talked about this yet or not. Um, I probably did. So if I did, then this is like the last thing I'm going to be talking about. So you can just end it here if you want. But... Um, <laughs> The uh, somebody emailed me and I, and it was definitely like one of those spammer emails where people are trying to sell you like ad marketing or, or something. When you have your own podcast or blog or anything, people uh, if you hashtag or if you post it in any places like like uh, Reddit or something, people send out these scraper bots who scrape that data and and they are able to put together all these emails in mass and send out these emails from all this scraped data and uh that's basically what this is and uh but they said that i was ranked number 82 in the music category in the world so i start looking shit up and you know, I'm not. I wasn't 82nd, but I happened to be. Uh, I guess I was at one point, but I was like 120 something, and it was above Dave Pensados and Justin Bieber. So, you know, like all this thing, all these rankings and stuff. Like, so it made me start thinking, like, how does this all work? Because I've always maintained the fact that I don't know what these numbers mean. And the more that I research it, the more that I find that these numbers really don't mean shit. There's no real accurate way to measure how many people are downloading or listening to your podcast. Also, there's no way of knowing how many people really listen to the whole podcast. Um, when they take sample, like Apple has this like metrics thing, which is really useful, by the way. But even that is on a small collection of data that they take. So out of like 200 people, here's the stats. So there's no accurate way of sort of measuring this shit and so how do you have an accurate way of putting together an advertising package and being like here fucking give me money and it just seems so weird to me so um uh i don't know i don't know where that was going but I, we're gonna be we're looking for advertisers and we're looking to expand the 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 name and it looks like we're doing pretty decently on the world market uh, comparatively, I guess, to other podcasts, which I don't really like comparing myself to other podcasts. I'm trying to break that habit of comparing myself to other things. But when you're in competition or I don't even see people as a competition. I mean, like there, I have several there's several music podcasts in town here that they're no competition to me. I, I In fact, I'm a fan of one of them. And they fucking it's totally different show. So I'm not in this competitive mode, but. Uh, once you start seeing rankings and you see the possibility of money, you do start fucking, <laughs> you do start comparing and being like, how are they doing that? And I'm not, you know, like, how are they getting money? And I'm just sitting here paying for this shit. I know we got our sponsor, but he's not that that sponsor don't cover all the costs here. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm looking to cover some more costs here. And um, 
I'm not I'm not even really looking to profit off this. I'm honestly just looking to make it so that this is a uh, this show is a self-contained self well self well oiled. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You know, just something that y- the show's always meant to be malleable. It's always meant to go with me wherever I go. This pandemic doesn't change anything for the show. It, it's, I mean, I I do it over the phone. I do it over Skype all the time. So this is not a big change. It's not anything crazy. The only thing I'm trying to do is expand, um, get, it, get more people on board, and try to make a little money so this thing is self-sufficient because as we stand now i'm still making i'm still paying for this fucking thing but i love this i love this show so much and i've been really weary about getting advertisement because i don't want people to think that this is fucking i i've never did this for money this is never the goal for this show so i uh uh, but it but it we've been doing it we're up to 230 some episodes now uh, you know, we're ranking on a global scale. We're doing better than, you know, than, than some, right? We're getting, right? I mean, we're doing better than some podcasts out there with their three listeners or, you know, whatever the situation is. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the secret is. And I don't even know if people are actually listening. I know that there's plays. But you know, I, I get I get emails, but it's not a whole lot. So it, it, there's not a lot of interaction, and I feel like that's partly because of what the audience I attract are probably people like me who are weird about reaching out and who are weird about communicating and we're awkward and shit. So I, I I tend to think that people like me probably listen to this show because. I resonate with them. Otherwise, I couldn't imagine why you'd want to sit around and listen to me talk like this for hours on end. Uh, <laughs> so, and there I go laughing at my own stupid fucking jokes. That's mostly like a uh, insecurity thing, I think. This laughing at everything I say because I don't maybe I don't know what's next or I, I don't know what it is. But we're not gonna deconstruct this shit right here right now. In any case. Um, we're, we're trying to uh, expand the name, expand on everything, build it up, and turn it into something you know that uh, that is bigger than myself. And I already feel like that's what it is, and I feel like we're on the right path for that. And uh, so, thank you to everybody who tunes in. Thank you to all the musicians who are or who are stepping away from their families for you know an hour to or an hour or two to talk to me in this global crisis so uh man i'm just so grateful for the conversations i've been having i'm so grateful for people tuning in and 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 liking what they're hearing i'm i'm just so grateful for everything that's going on and 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 i hope that everybody is 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 holding on making the best of their time and um just just be safe folks remember be good to your fellow human beings hj's for everybody we got Christy Rose from TopShelfMusic.com coming on next Wednesday. I love Christy. She is a uh, she is a photographer, journalist, a photojournalist. Um, she she is the uh, CEO. God, I'm sorry. Chief editor of Top Shelf Music. They're a news uh, a digital news magazine, and they're pretty awesome. Man, they have all kinds of 
awesome articles out there. She interviews Julie Marley. She, I'm sorry, Christy, I can't remember everything you do. I'm sure she's not listening to this. I'm sure really no one's gotten this far. So if you have gotten this far, hey, good for you. Um, yeah, so it, she... She has been uh, deeply embedded in the Cal Roots reggae scene, the California reggae roots scene, um, for the last ten years. She's just been a heavily embedded in it. She's been a, a she's taken pictures. She travels constantly. She has a lot to say. She's just an, a fantastic human being, um, and she's another person who. Uh, I would see backstage at these festivals that we were working at, and she's just always a light of joy. And in fact, is Blaine, Blaine Dillinger's girlfriend. Um, but that is not what defines her, but that is a part of her story. Uh, <laughs> so Christy is coming up. We got Guy. So I'm going to be doing something on Friday. Um, Guy Forsyth, who is a legend in the Austin, uh, Texas music scene the blue scene especially <clears throat> um he uh, it's so so such a fascinating character loved having this conversation with him so that's going to come out on friday because that is going to be another bonus episode so i'm going to do this one last bonus episode then we're going to go back to uh the every week i only want to do these bonus episodes because a lot of the content that i'm talking about pertains to current events so i wanted to make it as current as possible but also stay on our release cycle so I am going to be, uh, so this Friday will be another release with Guy Forsyth. It, fucking amazing conversation with Guy. Uh, man, just such a good dude, such a cool dude with great ideas and just smart as shit. So uh, be on the lookout for Guy Forsyth coming up in the future. So uh, on Friday, Friday the, which is two days from now, so 27th. So right now it's March 25th and... Uh, this will be out on Friday. The guy will be out on the 27th. So, again, I'm just going to do it one more time. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. I'll see you guys next week with Christy Rose. Fresh.